Thanks as always for listening to this episode of Fluff and Crunch. Today, Chris and I are going to talk about generic systems, what we see as some of the advantages to them and disadvantages to them, and what we think about them in general. Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. Chris. Hi, Jeremy. I have played nothing since we last recorded because we only recorded three days ago. Yeah, I was right? going to play something with Annie this morning and then we didn't. So I, I might be running D&D for her and a friend of hers tomorrow. Goblins ate my baby. No, no, I'm going to run D&D because I want to, you know. It's what it, well, that's what I mean. Oh, though, yeah. but that, oh, yeah, you, know, you have to protect the town yeah, so be because very the simple. farmers... The farmers who live on the outskirts of town, they come screaming into town, screaming, quote, Yeah. Goblins ate my baby. Yeah, they can still do that. They're going to, they want to be elves. Her friend's like, I want to be an elf. You can be an elf. I want to have a bow and arrow. You know what you the elves would do? If, if the goblins ate the human baby, the elves would be like, meh. Yeah, that's why I think it'll be goblins eating elf babies. Then that'll piss them yeah. off because those elf babies only come around every once in a while. I mean, it could just be, it could be some goblins chopping down trees. That would, uh, that would, that would. So, okay. So now that we've, we've gotten, <laughs> we've gotten past that introduction, uh, we're going to talk about generic systems. Why don't, why don't you introduce this? Cause I know this is something that you wanted to do and I, I think it's worth talking about, but you, I think have your, your head around the, the angle we want to come at this from better than I do. I'd looked at um, superhero systems a while back uh, to try and do something. And then I was like, actually, maybe I, because this, you know, I still want this system that can play League of Legends and also do Marvel and stuff. And I couldn't really find a super system. Everyone goes like, you super systems. I couldn't find a super system that did what I wanted. So then I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll just use a generic, a generic system because generic systems can do everything. Um, and kind of after I'd had a look at it, there was people like, why didn't you look at my system? Or why didn't you look at my favorite system? Um, but even as I was doing, I kind of realized there's actually a difference between like a generic system that might purport to do everything. So there are some systems that say, this is a generic system. You can play anything, anything you can imagine you can play in that system. Um, right. And it's funny having gone back to listen to your, to our top five and bottom five episode, there was definitely, you had thoughts on that idea of a generic system then, which I'd forgotten about, um, which is why I thought we should come back to this. So yeah, there's one way, so a fully generic system can play everything. And then obviously you've got systems that are designed to play that very specific thing. So let's, oh, I need to think of an example now that only plays one thing. And let's say, say Shadowrun. Shadowrun is designed to play Shadow, badly, but Shadowrun is designed to play Shadowrun. And no one has ever gone, oh, I know, I'm going to take the Shadowrun system and use it to play something else. People only play the Shadowrun system because they want to play in the Shadowrun world. And and so that they can complain about the Shadowrun system. Well, that's, yeah. that's exactly. Okay. And then, then we realize there's a third, there's a third kind of thing, which is the idea of a system that is more of like a core mechanic. And actually 2D20 falls into that because you know there is there is no such thing as a 2D20 system. There is a 2D20 core mechanic, um, which is how you roll the dice. And that's kind of about, you know, how momentum works in principle. That carries across all of the two different 2D20 games, but they have different stats. Some of them have skills. Some of them don't have skills. Okay. Some of them have the different dice. Some of them, you know, 
So, and then that would be another one. There are other systems that fall into that kind of category as well as, as, as opposed to a generic system, there is a core mechanic and then the systems are different. So we thought it'd be interesting to have a, a conversation about sort of like the pros and cons of these different systems. I think, okay. So, so we got three things. We have the system that purports to be as is universal. Yep. We'll call that the universal yep. system. So yep. you don't need to change anything in it, which for me would seem to imply that it has enough flexibility or it has enough multiple moving parts and options within it that you could do anything in it. So that's the universal system. And and the the second one was... Well, if we're going in an order, the second one would be our there's a core mechanic, but then the systems are different. Okay. Um, and then the far end of the spectrum, so, which so, I think we, we might as well talk about what's at the start with and just throw out, is the idea of if you're wanting to play a particular setting or property, you play the system that's designed for that. And gotcha. Which is the anti-universal yeah. Because obviously the pros and cons of that are much more straightforward. The pro of that system should be that it has been designed for that setting and therefore it will do everything that you need to do in that setting. And it should do that setting right. better than as any other kind of thing will. That would be the theory. Right. Now, obviously, Shadowrun's a bad example of that because most people have gone, Ugh, Shadowrun is awful, and therefore people have used lots of other systems to play Shadowrun. But Shadowrun yeah. was the one that came into my so, head. Um, and and uh, and I'm and obviously this is there's a there's a continuum here that I would take your your idea. I like the idea of the core mechanic because I look at you know yeah. D twenty D twenty. You say I mean if you. If you're going to have a universal system, it obviously has to have some kind of a core mechanic in it um, that you would use no matter how you you put the thing to use. But there, there's a continuum between we have this core mechanic, like this is how the core resolution system functions. And then you build layers on top of that to use in a different setting or different genre or something like that. Um, let's dispense with those that the other extreme because our focus is more on those that purport to be more universal yeah. or closer to it um let's go ahead and dispense so yeah you're right Shadowrun. i have never heard how that that system functions i've never heard of anyone saying i'm going to use it for romantic wild west or anything else you know it's that that's it in fact as you said you know i've seen comments on the the modifius discord and elsewhere oh yeah i'm going to use this for shadow run you know the new yeah. the two die 20 srd yeah i'm trying to go through other systems that are similar every time i think of another system i keep thinking of other things like so exalted is, a, is an example of one that again a lot of people go oh you would never use exalted to run anything else but you would run exalted here, however exalted is basically storyteller so i don't really want to do that one i did think yeah, of was here's one. On, and then i can do one. Uh, traveler yes Oh, no, well, that doesn't work anymore this. either. They've spun it off as a generic system called Cepheus. Yeah, but but here's the thing, though, is that the, the Cepheus or Cepheus, whatever yeah. you want to call it, we call it Cepheus, <laughs> whatever it is. is um, it's, the, it's the original, it's basically the original 2-die-6 mechanic from the early 80s okay. and late 70s. Like It's this stripped-down version of So it's actually not different. It's more like... Um, it, it's weird. It's I wouldn't say it's comparable to how OSR is is comparable to contemporary D&D because even though OSR most of those games like they have the same stats and some of the same ideas, like a lot of the mechanics are are different because they're 
their mechanics that are decades old, at least the ones that I've seen. But the Cepheus engine is is just a really stripped down early form in many ways of the original Traveler. And here's something to consider, though. Traveler as a universe, there are so many tropes that are Traveler tropes. And I know you haven't played Traveler, uh, but there are so many things in the, the world that are tied to the mechanic. So many things like ideas about terms of service in these different services and the things you get for each term of service and the things you get when you muster out, that is you stop character yeah. creation and now you become an active player. There are so many things that are taught that, that, that weave the system and the setting together. And that's, I mean, you know, years ago, I, I, I think I, I mentioned in an episode or so ago that uh, there was a short lived um, die 20 or D 20 version of traveler T 20 that came out like 20 something years ago during the heyday of the everything's D 20 era. And it was terrible. <laughs> like it just, they tried to take that, uh, that term based four year term based life path character creation system, which would then create an older experienced equipped character. And it, it tried to just cram it into that level-based system and it just didn't work at all um but yeah i think that there's that's another example like nobody uses the traveler system for anything yeah, yeah and the other one i can think of top and of my head is it's the same way it's like grittier more quote-unquote realistic science fiction nobody uses that ironically for the only other one i can think of off the top of my head is is another sci-fi one which is eclipse phase which again they designed that because they wanted a system that you could right. switch bodies and the stats would, and then like that would only be affecting some of your stats, but actually they made a mess. The second is a bit better, but yeah. um, so again, the, the, the idea of a system designed for one particular property would be that it runs that really, really well better than any other kind of system could do. Um, but a lot of them, I think a lot of the time, the, the thing is that people maybe have never done another system or they make mistakes with it. Um, and that's why you can only get these systems. That, I mean, Shadowrun has no excuse. We're on the sixth edition. Now it should be this absolutely purring, well, amazing you know what, system that does nothing wrong. But I, it, the, I, it's interesting to me that, you know, that, look, the, games are like role playing any games. I mean, they're like, they're like, it's like pizza or hamburgers, you know, I mean, sandwiches, you know, there's a bajillion different kinds out there. And everyone's tastes are different. So there are those people who, for whatever reason, enjoy playing like really crunchy systems. Yeah. In the case of Shadowrun, though, that's not the issue because I like crunchy systems. But the trouble is, is that like every time they do a new edition, they kind of mess up the things they'd f like, you know, they'll release a lot of books. And over the lifespan of an edition, they'll make the system work. And you have to have all the books and then they will release a new edition and then they will break a bunch of stuff. And then again, it's like, you know, are they doing this on purpose? Are they literally but see, making a bad is, game? This, so you have again, to buy all the books. This goes back and I'll, I'll, I'll stick a fork in Shadowrun for me for, for, for this is uh, this goes back to you don't mix your elves <laughs> and your orcs and your cyberware. When you do that, it's just a recipe for disaster. So stay away from that entirely.
So I think we should look at the since we're looking at the the, the universe of things. I think we should look at that next because then we can talk about the sort of the, the third way. And obviously, the idea yeah. of, you know the, the the nominal idea of a universal system should be that you can run anything, not some things. You know, I, you don't see a universal system that is advertised as you know this game can run quite a lot of stuff. Most universal systems are advertised as these can run anything. Um, so just to name some names, we the, the, there are universal systems which exist and they're very, you know, I know I was going to say very popular, it's not true, so popular that people play them. So things like GURPS, but they're out GURPS there. Hero, um, the basic role-playing game. These were ones that I didn't mention in the blog I did recently. And people were, why didn't you mention such such game? It was very simple. I've never played any of them. I, I, I do at least I own the basic role-playing thing and I was just not, I just felt very, there wasn't a lot to it. Like, yes, it probably could run anything because the, the rules felt very bare bones. Um, and GURPS and Hero just seem, I imagine they probably could run everything because they're so complicated when I've looked at it. Again, I've not played it. I've only looked at it. But looking at it from the outside, they look very complicated. So I've never gone any further. So I can't really talk about whether they can or cannot do the job. I just, I've just been put off by how complex they, they gotcha. seem. And again, these are systems that people go, oh, no, when you're playing it, it's fine. Which is like 2D20. A lot of people have bounced off 2D20. When you play it, it's fine. So, but I haven't played them and I haven't got someone to teach them to me uh, all the time to like learn it. Also, I don't, you know, I have, I don't need to have the size of the hero book from what I've seen because it's, it's big. Um, so ones I have played would be things like Savage Worlds, um, Fate, mm -hmm. which is much more on the narrative end of it. Uh, and then Genesis, which obviously sort of took the Star Wars rules and tweaked it a bit and then went, here's a generic system that uses them. Yeah, and then arguably, if you're going to say, a storyteller actually would kind of bridge, would probably be more into the mechanism thing because actually storyteller isn't a generic system. There is the there is the thing that's used for Scion, there's the thing that's used for Vampire, there's the thing that's used for Exalted, and there's the thing that's now used for Trinity. So actually, I'll leave that and say that is not a, a universal system. Because it's it's a generic it's a it's a core mechanic that they have used in different things. So they might refer to the storyteller. I don't even think they refer to it as the storyteller system as much anymore. Well, it was it it went from storyteller to storytelling in the new wad era, and that's when they came out with the World of Darkness rule book. And then you could get the additional rule books that you know World of Dark. I, I don't. I don't even really understand actually what the real purpose of that World of Darkness rule book was because the rules were in the book like the Requiem. I don't know to make money, but um, you're right. That has never been billed as. I'm sure plenty of people have used it as. Who knows what people have done with that that die ten system at home? But it's never been billed as a universal system. It was a call it like a limited universal system. That is, it was their house system for all their games. And there was very little change to the system from property to yeah. property, but it's never been billed as, as universal. Um, I mean, an another um, one, which is quite modern, but again, I haven't used a lot would be Cypher, but I've looked at Numenera and I wasn't keen on, I played it and wasn't keen on it. So then I've never really looked at Cypher beyond that because I know it still takes the core right. mechanics of Numenera. So it has loads of really cool settings for see, it, but I've never tried to use it. I, I like last year. I came at the Cipher system. I don't even remember what what genre was the 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 guy was going to run in my group, but we were we were going about not not creating Numenera characters, but using Cipher to create. I don't know. I don't remember. 
And it never came to being because his schedule changed and he ended up not running it. But I think that, okay, so so GURPS, basic role-playing, which is like you could call it burps, I guess. Uh, Savage Worlds, Hero, and Cypher. And Fate. Those are, and Fate. So those are the six big ones that I'll hold up and say those bill themselves and people, I think, who know what they are, broadly hold them up as saying, those are universal systems. You can do anything with them. You could play any genre or or setting or whatever. You could use them to create your own or use them to power some existing IP. What, just in a general sense, what are the, I mean, some of this is going to seem obvious, but I think it's still worth discussing. What are some of the advantages, whether a universal system works or not, or does the job or not, what are some of the advantages of, of it in line with its promise. Yeah, I mean, the, the main advantage would be you don't have to keep learning a new rule set every time you want to play another game. So if you're playing Savage Worlds, whether you're playing a fantasy version like in Pathfinder or you're playing Rifts or you're playing Superheroes or you're doing some sort of Cthulhu game or you're, right, you can go you're from playing Flash Deadlands, Gordon to Deadlands. Flash, exactly, then you're playing the same rules. And it's not like a 2D20 yeah. where it's the same core rule, um, other bits are different. Your stats are always the same. The skills are basically the same. How combat works is the same. How you spend your bennies is the same. How damage works is the same. You know, it's, it's, there might be things which have tweaks. So like when you build a character, if you build them using the superpowers companion, you build them differently from the other ones. Uh, in Rift, you have these, these uh, like frameworks which are put on the top of how you build your characters. But once you've built the characters, how you play is, is basically the same. Well, and, and two, none of the changes, this is at least the way I see it, none of the changes to these supposedly universal systems are to the system itself. They are tweaks to or additions to the list of existing options yeah. within the system. So it's 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 not like you're you're moving walls or well, or maybe you are. You're not changing the footprint of your house. But you might be moving furniture around, or maybe you move a wall, or you change a door. But at the end of the day, it's it's still your same house. It's still the same square footage, that kind of thing. There there aren't like major structural changes that are taking place. It's it's that which is within it is being tweaked. But uh, yeah, it, but it offers that 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 advantage. I mean, that's a that's a terrific advantage. Hey, you know, we next week we want to play fantasy. S two months from now we want to play sci-fi. Three months from now, whatever. Nobody has to relearn anything. Big advantage too, and I see this a lot. Um, and maybe this is, maybe this is because some of the, there are a number of folks who are active in the local gaming community where I live who are big Savage Worlds fans. Or maybe it's because of the promise of simplicity and universality that at conventions you see lots of Savage Worlds games around here. And I, like I said, I don't know if that's because there's a crew of people who dig that, and so they offer those games. That's, I know, a piece of it. Or if there are that many people like, oh, man, I can't wait to go to the convention and play some weird Savage Worlds game. Like, that is weird. Like, a, we're using Savage Worlds as rules to play some weird setting or idea that'll be cool at a convention. Um, but it, it does offer that, that yeah. promise. And I think the fact, I think, that, you know, it's a massive advantage, that, because... You don't have that thing when you start playing a new game when you realize you don't know the rules and you have to keep getting mm. the rule books open and so it slows everything down if everyone knows the rules 
then the game just flows better and you can get on with it and you're not spending every two seconds referring to the rule book. Um, well, and even if you have a rule book to refer to, there's a big difference between looking at the rules and saying, okay, that's how I do that. And being proficient yeah. enough with the system so that you can play the game the way you want to. You can play your character the way you want to. Like, And I've said this before in our 2D20-focused episodes that I don't think the 2D20 has a steep learning curve, but it does have a longer learning curve because it requires you, the player, to understand talents, all the different things you can do with momentum. None of those things are inherently complex. There's just lots of things yeah. for you to learn to reach proficiency so that you can see if... Am I able to play my character the way that I want yeah. to in this game? And so a simpler system that everybody already knows, you don't have that. And I think that's I think that's the main advantage. I guess some of the other things is that some of these are quite big. So like Savage Worlds has some really good properties. So like, you know, like everyone hates the rifts system with polite, well, not everyone. But loads of people hated the Rift system, but thought Rifts was cool. Just about. So now everyone. they can play. And likewise, people might really want to play Pathfinder, but didn't want to deal with the Pathfinder rules. Well, they don't have to. Oh, and as a bonus, you can also play Deadlands, which is a really cool setting. And like you said, Flash Gordon, and you can make up. You know, you can you can run a lot of different settings in 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 something like Savage Worlds. Um, and like Fate has some decent properties because it has like Dresden Files, which is a book series I love, and like Atomic Robo, which I actually hadn't even heard of. Till I saw the role-playing game. And then I went and read like all of the Atomic Robo comics. And I was like, this is amazing. Why have I never read this before? How did I miss um, this? Yeah. You know, like Genesis in theory, which should has some interesting settings, but really they're just sort of taking the fantasy flight settings and going, right, we're going to take this property we've got and we're going to put it into our role-playing game. But that's, you know, that's that, that does mean that they are, it's easier for a per it's easier for a developer to go, right, we do not have to create a whole new rule set for this for this thing we can just write a setting book we can not, we can stat up some bad guys we can stat up some you know guns or whatever and we can just do the setting and we can let people go and play in these cool sets you know that's what gurps did gurps used to you know the one thing i did know about gurps is how many different settings it had and oh there was you know, so many and they, some of them were just you know generic settings i remember buying like a gurps book which was basically for like traveling between different dimensions or something um, or the, the GURPS Illuminati book. And that was the kind of thing. They don't have to keep releasing core books. They can just release relatively small books with all of the setting info because you don't need the rules info. You just need the the setting and the other bits. Um, so that's a huge advantage being able to like, you know, they can just worry about settings. Like I said, the one really cool thing about Cypher system is that it has some like, every time they release a setting book, it's like, oh my God, this setting book's like amazing. Oh, it's this is like a superhero with a cool spin in it. Oh, it's dinosaurs and sci-fi or something. You know, every, they've released some really interesting looking settings because they don't have to keep worrying about yeah. the rules. They can just go, well, our rules work. <laughs> Here's our setting. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that's a big advantage. What's a potential drawback though? I mean, there's, there's a couple. Um, the one thing that the thing for me would be that they, I don't think a lot of these, right. Again, I'm going to preface this again. I don't know if this applies to GURPS or hero because I haven't played. Right. I'm talking about the ones I have played. So in the ones I have played, particularly say Genesis and, and Savage World, they do not run everything. In the case of Genesis, yeah. you can run the stuff that they have the books for. And people have knocked up other things, but there's a lot of, in, in Genesis case, there's a lot of work you'd have to do to create another. So like, so if you want, oh, I want to play in a sci-fi, well, you're going to have to stat all the ships. You're going to have to stat all the guns. That's a huge amount of work. In Savage World's case, so actually, no, you can buy a science fiction companion that has everything in it. The problem you True. have in, in Savage, 
And they have multiple science fiction yeah. settings that you could grab and modify, reskin. The problem for me is that it doesn't do a good job of some of these other things. So Superhumans looked good on paper. It has all the powers. You can make the characters, but there are flaws in the rules, particularly the damage system that don't work beyond a, like, a, you know, it was designed for Deadlands. It, Savage Worlds for me works on a really good on that sort of borderline human like low fantasy low powered sci-fi rule set yeah when you start throwing like mechs against mechs or star destroyed you know against other against star trek battle cruiser type ships the the math still works on it if you beat the the defense by four you do a wound well when you're dealing in the 60s the problem you now have is if you roll high enough to beat 60 you probably get 70 or 80. So then you just did four wounds and you've destroyed it. And then people go, oh, like, but there's rules that let you. No, rules is written. You just, you know, you one-shot things. Um, and the Rifts yeah. was a really big problem with that. So you would have characters that could do like easily 40, 50 damage and characters that could only take 10 before they got squished. And trying to put those together into a party then right. became very, very difficult. Um, and it, it re the reality is for me, you know, a proper superhero systems deal with superheroes better savage worlds yes it has got superheroes and i think you can probably tweak it and tinker it and say i don't want the character like this to make it work but the point is it's meant to deal with everything and there are certain outliers for me that savage worlds just didn't work and i've tried you know riffs for me didn't work superheroes it will work if you tone it down a bit but at a top level it will just have problems high level sci-fi with things like i said mechs and starships and stuff it doesn't work it really needs a separate system that goes like it's the kind of thing like so Star Wars has it and Genesis have it, where you have a scale system that says when you're dealing with starships, you now have a, you're at a higher scale. And so you can use the same rules, but things like work slightly differently. Savage Worlds doesn't have any kind of scale system like that. It's all on the same right. damage scale. And so then you do get problems. Now, obviously big fans of it would say, oh, there's this is the way around it. And this is the problem. They say, fix it. But to me, you know, if, and if you, if you can get it to work for everything, great. To me, it works really well on a kind of human level action hero pulpy thing. And it's very good at that. Beyond that, I think it, it doesn't. So to me, it's not a universal system. And Genesis for the same thing. I, I remember reading the rule book and they had rules in about how you could do supers. And I just looked and went, no, that's, that's not going to work fully. You need to literally rewrite it. And a lot of people, when they've done Genesis stuff, have actually treated it more like a toolkit and have rewritten huge chunks of the system to get it to work in different settings at which point it's not universal anymore you're right you're writing the rules yourself um and i think that's the problem that a lot of universe i'm doing air quotes no one could see me uh, a lot of universal systems has is that they aren't they're not fully universal there's going to be certain properties they run better and there's going to be certain properties that they don't run as well or genres i think that you know I, i'm going to go ahead and put aside supers because we've we've beaten on supers a lot, and I think we've yeah. I think we're on the same page when we say that you know a a good a super system that can account for the the broad variety of supers and levels of superpowers. I don't think that system exists. So I'm going to put supers aside because that is that is the complicating outlier that that I think causes problems for virtually every system. Yeah. Fair point. Um, I think the problem. I think you're right when it comes to these supposedly uni universal systems. They do well at the at the low level, and they do they they do best when it's uh, it, it's 
low level, like, you know, individual to individual, and that the gap in power between those individuals is relatively small. When you start to get big disparities in potential oomph, that'll just be my generic term for like the amount, you know, oomph, <laughs> the amount of power, something, you know, a Star Destroyer has more oomph than whatever, you know, than the Enterprise. Now I'll start an argument. But the, the when you start to get the, and I think all systems, to some degree or another, all systems strain when you get those those big gaps at the table. The the problem with generic systems is that because they're not built to account for well, some of them are. Actually, I'll take that back. I'd say the most it seems to me the most popular, we haven't mentioned D20. Savage Worlds, I think, seems to me, at least in my experience, to be the most popular of the supposedly universal systems. And yeah. it's fast and it's furious and it's fun. Remember that tagline. That aside. And uh, and, and it, it does handle quick resolution at the table. It handles that. And I have found some degree of enjoyment in it when played in one one shot convention games where everybody's bought in because no one I mean what kind of a weirdo shows up at a con well conventions are full of weirdos we're a bunch of gamers but I mean what kind of a weirdo shows up at a convention table and is like oh yeah we're gonna play super spies well I don't like super spies I'm not bought in like the people you get at a convention table are going to ignore and blow past the rough spots of a of a system like that that isn't optimized for the vibe of a setting because they're all there they're all bought in they're there for three hours and 55 minutes plus or now four hours with a 10 minute break in the middle of world like that so you, there's a lot of like warts that you look past um but all systems i think strain when you have those big disparities in oomph uh, at the at the table I, I think though the problem is because they're not made these universal systems yeah. are yeah. supposedly universal systems the simple ones have a hard time handling it. And so what I've seen, and I think you're getting at this too, is the answer that some of these supposedly universal system, these writers have come up with is to keep writing more rules to try to account for everything. Yeah. And then we end up with something like Hero System, with which I have very little experience. I've watched it be played. I've putzed around with character creation. And then I walked away with and threw my hands up in the air. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, it's the opposite end of the spectrum, whereas Savage Worlds purports to be fast, furious, and fun. Hey, look, at least Savage Worlds mechanic is comprehensible. Yeah. Like, you can explain it to someone, you can show it to someone, and it's there. You know, making your way through piles of GURPS statistics and trying to get... And I think it seems to me GURPS is simpler than Hero System, but it's still... That's what I... Yeah. It's still big. Um and and you know it, it's interesting. Maybe it's maybe it's because those games are old and they those are old systems. Um, but you rarely see those offered. You don't see those on shelves. You don't see those at conventions. No. And you know maybe there's a reason for that. It's a niche game for a reason. What about D twenty yeah. though? Where do you? I'll, I'll come oh, on ahead. to that because to me that's not a universal system. It's the it's the last thing that we'll come on to. I just wanted to add one other issue. I've got a lot of universal systems is that you can't always make the character you want. Now that's true for a lot of other things like D&D, &D, very rarely can you start with the character you want. You might have to grow into that. But like if I can make it in a universal system, one of the things you'd hoped is you can start with the character you want. 
And a lot of the time you can't, there's still like hoops to jump through, or you've got to be this rank or that level, which is annoying. Um, I do want to throw fate in it quickly though, to point out that fate is probably a, a universal system, which can probably run anything. But the reason for that is because the core of it is so relatively simple. Um, you can, you can jazz it up mechanically and add a system, but the book that they've got is super well-written. You know, it, it is, it is, here's your core and here's all these other things you can add on. And because it's so narrative, it would be hard for it not to run anything. But one of the downsides of that, and you've kind of said this, is that then every game you run kind of feels the same. It's like, it doesn't matter whether you are playing Star Trek or superheroes or a horror game, or, you know, they all feel the same. And, and that's why sometimes maybe having different rules is a good thing because yeah. the, the rules can make the game play more into it. You know, like all of them, all of the stuff built on the mutant year zero stuff feels different. Um, because it, but it kind of really does one kind of group of games quite well. Um, and that's the downside of fate. It's like kind of everything, everything kind of feels a bit like, oh, you're still playing the same thing on the plus side. Fate probably can run anything, but it's, it's super simple. The other thing, right. too, but I think a challenge with fate, and I see this as a challenge with any, uh, I, I'll just use the word narrative, you know, highly narrative set of rules. And I'd put Dune in with this too. We have the same resolution mechanic, but the rest of it is really abstract and narrative. Yeah. You need a special group of players to play it well. And you also need to, you need to get more on the same page because so much of it is abstract. Get more on the same page as to like what people's expectations and perceptions are about the world you're running. And that's harder yeah. to do than, okay, the lightning bolt goes this far in 5e. It does this much damage. That's it. You know, those, those, that is a, that's kind of an odd outlier also. You know, persistently popular, but for a niche audience. It's not... It's not that broadly played because, I, again, I think it takes a special, a, 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 a less typical kind of player and GM to want to do it and then to do it. Yeah. So then you mentioned D20. Um, I mean, obviously, there was, there was a point where there was a D20 system. In fact, it wasn't. They said, use the player's handbook and here's all these other things. And there was a modern D20. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't a D20 was more like an idea than an actual system. Nowadays, there are a lot of things that use 5e rules, but there's nowhere that's purporting that the 5e system is a universal set. So really, I think that falls into our, our final category of where we have a core mechanic and it can be played for multiple things. So Cortex is an example of that. Um, obviously, 2D20, powered by the apocalypse things. These are all things where there is a core mechanic, but each different game would be different. And we know we've talked about 2D20 a lot, so we don't really need to focus that. No. If we talk about how the thing with D20 that, if you do a really good job of porting that core mechanic into the new setting, then you've kind of got the best of both worlds now because people understand how the game works even though you're jumping from setting to setting, but also you can make each game work better. And this is why this is where we see the designers move. This is, you know, Free League have made a fortune out of taking their, their Mutant Year Zero and then turning it into Alien and now into Blade Runner. Um, I don't know if you use the same thing. And then Twilight 2000, where they kept the same idea, but it changed it. But nominally, it's still the same system yeah. because they're changing the system every time to make it fit yeah, they, the they do. There's something they're doing to it 
that makes it fit the property. Yeah. And, and 2D20 have done the same thing. Yeah. You know, like you said June. June is totally different oh, yeah. to Mutant Chronicles. But they use they, they use the same core mechanic. But there's a difference um, though. There's a difference between that. I think the D20 now 5E. There's a difference between that and with, with there's a difference. How's that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I figure out how to say that. The the big difference with 5E is that it's not just a core mechanic. No. It's a core mechanic and a set of system uh, conceits, system yeah. systems. Like, it's not just a core mechanic, it's levels. It's level-based yeah powers it's classes there are there are pieces that are that are wrapped around the core mechanic of 5e that seem to me to be inextricably linked to it like you could i you know the idea of taking a d20 and rolling it and adding a number to it that you get from somewhere based on your character and circumstance and trying to meet or beat another number like that's the core mechanic but i don't see that that specific core mechanic out there without classes levels class-based abilities some selection of feats uh stat bonuses like those are pieces that are in every 5e game like i i have a um i picked up on sale from modifius because i was just curious and it looked interesting this game called the spy game which yeah i got it yeah fifth edition modern super spies like a mission impossible type game not like a born identity but like mission impossible high-tech gonzo type stuff and it is it's levels and feats and class abilities and stat bonuses and all wrapped around in inextricably that core mechanic so that's a, that's a difference like 2d20 that's you're right there's the core resolution mechanic and certain like overall themes or ideas that play out that we see but they're expressed differently in the different games but the the 5e games the degree to which those are the same in structure is much greater than anything that modifius is putting out in their their selection yeah. i think it's i think there's there's another problem there one of these is actually a lot of these um one of the problems is the Whereas with 2D20, one of the problems with like the 5 and the D20 one is, well, at least 2D, and, and again, it's this, I think there's a reason that Powered by the Popovits has this problem. Free League understand their system. And so when they do a new version of a Mutant Year Zero game, they understand how to change it. Likewise, with, with 2D20 stuff, Modifius understand their system. What we have with, say, Powered by the Apocalypse games is that some people don't really understand what bits they need to have in their thing. So there are definitely good powered by the apocalypse games, and then there are bad powered by the apocalypse games because people have no idea. People have no idea how, maybe to to do it. So they just like, oh, I understand this basic thing. I'll come up with my moves. I'll come up with these character things. It'll all work. Well, some of that works for a very particular guy game that the original guy was doing, and they might not work for other ones. And I think that five E and two D twenty suffer from that. That people go right. Well, if I put five E on my game, um. I'm going to sell more. And then they don't consider actually, do, do you need classes in your system? Um, should you actually change your stat array? Because one of the biggest problems I find with almost everything which works off D20 or 5E is that dexterity becomes the god stat. It, it's not so bad in fantasy because in fantasy, people with melee attack with strength, 
people with magic use intelligence or wisdom or charisma and people who are shooting use dexterity but like for example in your spy game we just take dexterity as max it as high as you can because your dexterity is your skill is your defense stat and it's your shooting stat and it's your stealth stat and it's your driving stat and you do everything off dexterity you don't need any of the other ones but let me ask you this though i i don't know the details of the you know what was originally called the what was it um open gaming license yeah. that watsi put out in perpetuity back in the d20 uh 3.0 days the 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 OGL that allows Pathfinder to exist. I don't know how they've updated it for 5e, but th the idea of not changing the stats, that might not be an idea. Yeah, you might be allowed. That that might be a, a, a requirement. Because if you're going to use the fifth edition rules set, these are the things, and you notice like in every single book, it has, there's that a couple of pages of legalese yeah. at the back that they are required to do. And it always points back to the, um, or has traditionally pointed back to the D&D PHB as like the original Bible of how the system functions. And so, I mean, there's the advantage. Everybody knows the six stats. Everybody knows that for your typical characters, they go from three to 18. Everybody knows that from 12 and up, they have a bonus, but the, 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 the degree of flexibility there, well, there might not be a degree of flexibility because if you're doing a 5e game, that's what you've got to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think 5e is an example of how you do the core mechanic or the system and you do it wrong. When you're doing a 5e I, thing, you're, because like we said, Free League and Modifius do it right. They are going, we have this core mechanic. We are going to take this core mechanic. Are we going to tweak it to match this new property? And it works. All the different things work. I mean, I don't like June as much as I like some of the others, but I would agree it's, it's a really good implementation of it. Whereas when you have, like, you know, the, the, there are certain things that 5e and the D20 system just won't run. It just, it just won't work very well. It's never going yeah. to work well. And so just trying to shoehorn it in, basically because you're like, oh, well, I don't need to do as much work with this system because this system already exists. Yeah, you still need to play test it. It might not work well in the system you're trying to do. Uh, the setting you're trying to do um and so that's a bad use of it you might be better off in though you know there's enough people that say that 5e isn't a good system that the idea of taking 5e and using it in other genres is clearly a bad idea um you know it, it 5e runs D D, and yeah. D is a very particular style if you want to play D D style fantasy funnily enough uh D is very good at that i mean arguably pathfinder's back hey, that's but, good um but you know D D is good at running D D. The system underneath it, therefore, probably isn't good at running something else. If you want leveled based things where you go and get a lot of loot and you have XP and money, that's great. But if you're playing, say, Star Trek, well, Star Trek isn't about loot. I remember years ago, work. I remember finding uh, uh, somebody's mod for a, a D20, this is 20 years ago, a D20 version of Star Trek. And I remember it was just ridiculous. Because you go through it and you're like, so what level is Ca Captain Kirk is a yeah. 20th level what? Or a 15th level what? Like, what does that even mean? Well, look at Star um, Wars. So the, they did it. There were two versions of, yes. of D20 Star Wars. The yep. first one was just, we're going to take, um, we're going to take Star Wars and just slap it into D20 and it will work. And it was terrible. Then they did a second version with Star Wars Saga. The saga version. That was yeah. much better. Because they yeah. went, right, what, what do we need to change about the system to make it run Star Wars better? 
and they did a much better job. But it was a massive overhaul. It was barely D20. You know, it was still D20 and it had a lot in common with your standard D20 stuff. But they changed huge amounts of it to get it to work better, um, which is what you have to do, really. And again, that's coming back to the thing that the best way, in my opinion, okay, just my opinion is not the, you know, gospel. Yeah, yeah. But the, the best way to have a, a universal, uh, the best way to have a universal system is to actually have a core mechanic or core mechanics or a bunch of stuff and you make it work for that setting. And then on another setting, you make it work slightly differently. Now, the downside of that is you have to knock out a core book every time you want to do a new setting, which is, you know, bad for the player because it's more expensive. But that's kind of giving you the best of both worlds. It will work for that setting and enough of it is familiar that players can jump from setting to setting to setting. And I think that's yeah. why we've seen, you know, 2D20 do pretty well. Uh, and we've seen Free League do well with their stuff because people don't mind playing, you know, people like to have a, set, a system they're used to, but they also, you know, there are problems with totally universal generic systems. Well, I mean, I, I, it goes back to my, and I, we've, I've said this, you know, in previous episodes, hinted at it, but, um, and, and you just said it too, that I think the trouble is if there are things in the setting that are unique to the setting, then the mechanics have to do something to support, promote, or maintain that thing. Like one of the things that I remember people ooing and aahing about, and they still do, about the uh, the the Call of Cthulhu system are the fear and the insanity mechanics, yeah. which were novel when that system came out, and to an extent they still are. Yeah. And that is central to a traditional Lovecraftian setting. You don't have fear and insanity. Sorry. You I you you can have all the gibbering masses in the dark if you don't have characters losing their sanity and that actually being more than just okay, play like you're crazy. There has to be a mechanical support for it. Um yeah, I mean the the a a system can't account for everything and if it attempts to account for everything it will collapse under its own weight like some of these exceptionally complicated relics from the 80s yeah i mean it so could i i just i don't i think that you can have a core you could have a universal resolution mechanic sure but the more layers you put on top of that the more of a mechanical structure will demand that the story and the setting get crammed into it which is going to change the shape figuratively, of the story and the setting. Like, the idea of level-based Captain Kirk is perfect, or level-based Jedi is a perfect example of that. You just, you, you're trying to, like, cram the dough that is Star Trek into this structure that it just doesn't fit right, correctly in. Yeah. So, core, core mechanic, universal mechanic, sure. Universal system, because to me, system implies it addresses the different story needs through mechanics of a specific story and and you, i think you're spot on about dnd like it 5e does dnd really really well it can't do conan uh i mean it can do conan easy and it could do other things what it can't do is anything for me anything sci-fi or modern day where guns are the main weapon just doesn't work i remember playing no. a buck rogers game and it just didn't work because you straight away realized oh if i just put all if i just max out decks like yeah. I'm just, I'm just the best character. Um, and it was the same with Star Wars to some extent. So yeah, it was funny. I just want to finish with one thing. 
obviously even some of these companies realize this themselves because when when Fancy Flight got the license to Legend of the Five Rings, the most obvious thing, because they had Genesis at that point, would have been to do a Genesis core book for Legend of the Five Rings. They didn't. Mm. They actually wrote a system which used funny dice, arguably most, you know, some cynical say, oh, they did that to make more money. That's their um, thing. They're but, the funny dice you know, people. But they, they could have done that, and that's how they're doing their other properties. They didn't. They, they wrote a system literally from scratch that the only thing it has in common, common with Genesis at all is the funny dice. Everything is completely different. They wrote a system. They went, how do we want this setting to work? They they obviously, they actually thought, we don't think the previous versions of Legend of the Five Rings really work how they need to. We can do better. We can do better. And, and they we're going to do something for it. Yeah. And you, would, you could not use that Legend of the Five Rings system to run anything else, but it works really well at doing what they want in, in that thing. And that was a company that had a you know yeah. a system they could have used um you know the guys that do uh that do fate have done that they bought other properties and gone we're not going to release this as a fate setting book we're gonna um we're gonna release this as its own thing because we you know we do it and then i think a lot of some role players just want to role play they want to be playing a rate narrative games or they want to just play the same system and the game is there to facilitate the having fun and then there's other people that actually like learning new games and playing and tinkering with new rules like me and are quite happy for there to be lots of other systems um which is why as much as i like 2d20 i still play loads of other stuff because yeah i like messing around with rules i find that i find that fun i think i'm more of a I'm more of the role, you know, in terms of role-playing games, I'm much more in the game part than the role, of course, on the GM. So, but like, you know, Scott and Brian are more in the game part and the story part than the role play. Virtually all of the, you know, if their characters ever show an iota of personality or whatever, it's, <laughs> it's a miracle. You fall over yeah. and forget your name. Yeah, mostly, you know, but we, we like play, we have, we play together, we have fun and we like messing around with yeah. different rules. So that's what we do. So I, again, it, it is very different. This that's from my point of view. There will be people that like, no, no, I love playing my my Savage Worlds. It does everything I wanted to. Well, awesome, because you only need one core book. You must be yeah. saving an absolute fortune compared to what See, I, I, I find. Yeah, well, then you'll bury you bury yourself in all the different boxed sets and things like that that, that, that they put out. Point. Now, yes. I, <laughs> I don't think that I have the 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 joy of tinkering with rules that you do. I think though I, I that I do enjoy looking at a system for a setting and seeing okay how do you how do you solve that problem like how how does your system do that that your that your story says is central to it you know like I, I remember the the and I mentioned this before uh, but the the investigation system in uh, Chill Third Edition is really good. Uh, I, I think it's excellent, actually. It's one of the best that I found out there. It it requires, in some ways, more work from the GM because it's not binary. You find it or you don't find it in terms of clues or information or things, whatever. But the way that your characters try to investigate either by checking out a scene, doing archival research, or interviewing people, like those would be the three main modes of information gathering, it's a it's a novel and interesting mechanic, um, and I, I like it much better than Gumshoe, and I like it much better than um, than Burps, you know, or, or Call of Cthulhu. They all try to answer this. They all deal with the same question. They just deal with it in different ways. So I find interest in that. 
Um, but that then goes back to the the my my implied need or belief rather that every setting has its something special about it. Yeah. Every genre has something, things that are special or, or unique about them. And so you need rules or expressions of rules that that prop up and promote that. And that's where I that, that's where I I Savage Worlds doesn't do it for me at all. And 5e, D20, whatever you want to call it, um, it can't either. And especially because of that legacy structure of classes, class-based abilities, which is less of an issue. It's classes and levels. Those are the two things that that I think become the 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 excluders that people overlook. Yeah. Because you're right. Look, if I were going to publish games and I wanted to attempt to make some money, either I would have like a tremendous ego and be like, no, my system is going to be better than anybody else's. I'm, I've discovered the secret treasure on the island and everyone's <laughs> going to follow me there. Or I'd suck it up and be like, all right, I'm going to do this in 5e. There we go. Although I'll end with this. This is my piece, at least. I'm, I, you know, back to the, we've done two episodes so far on the 2d20 um, SRD. Again, I'm really curious and waiting for that uh, the release about the publishing, how they're going to handle that and how they're going to handle like mm. essentially their gaming license to the community because uh, because of how flexible that core mechanic I've seen be and you know curious about what I might choose to do with it. So. Yeah, no, totally. It's going to be interesting because I... I you... There's enough flexibility in it. I think you can make it run an, an awful lot of different things. Yeah. Um, the one thing it doesn't, obviously, is it doesn't have levels and where well, you can put classes and easy, but it doesn't really do. I thought you can do levels because I added levels into Genesis. So it's easier to add levels and classes into a system than it is to take it out of uh, yeah. D&D, except for Mutants and Masterminds, which did do it. But that took three editions to get the hang of it. And a lot of numbers. <laughs> All right. Well, Groovy, we will reconvene and we'll talk about something different and exciting in the near future. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.